Hi, I'm Josh, and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It's the 11th of November, 2021, my birthday. It is my birthday, the 11th of November. And this is podcast number 30. Few things to talk about on this episode. I have been remiss, actually, I'm meaning to do an episode for quite a few days, but um, things have just gotten in the way. I've had other things on my plate, and I just sort of haven't had a chance. I guess there's a few things to talk about I want to go over today. Um, the first of which I think is just, I'll do an update from Finland, I think just to kick things off. So, um, the situation up here is I'm finishing up, uh, tomorrow here in the North of Finland and we'll be flying back to, uh, from Kayani to Helsinki. I need to spend a few days in Helsinki to line up with my flight back to Australia. It's just, unfortunately, it's just the way it is with connections at the moment. It's a little bit difficult. And because of all the restrictions, I need to get a COVID test to come back into Australia. Incidentally, just as an aside, the cost of that COVID test is crazy. It's 300 euro to turn around a COVID PCR test up here in Helsinki uh, in two hours. At least they turn it around in two hours, which is great because the test has to be not more than 72 hours old when I get back into Australia. And because of the way flight connections work, I have a long layover in Doha on the way home. So I'm going to be sitting in Doha for 20 hours. Thankfully, there's an airport hotel inside the ter- inside the terminal. So I'll go there for that period of time, but it means I need to get my COVID test uh, the day I'm flying and get that turned around in two hours, and the cost of doing that is 300 euros. Unfortunately, it's just, I think it's just going to be par for the course for a little while, these sort of associated costs with travel. I mean, I had to get a COVID test to leave the country to, to board my flight in Melbourne. That was the better part of $200. I don't recall exactly how much that was. Now it's going to be the better part of 550 Australian dollars for this test to go home. All of that adds up to make it quite expensive. Um, so I'm hoping all of those sort of restrictions will start to go away uh, next year as the world sort of progresses sort of into some semblance of, no- of, of normality or whatever that new normal might be. But anyway, I, um, I took a few days off from photography up here in the north of Finland. You know, when you sit in the hide day after day after day for hours, you know, five, six hours at a time, in a small, very confined space, you sort of start to go a little bit sideways after a while. And um, I just needed a break from it. So I took a couple of days off. I drove about an hour to the nearest town, stayed in a hotel for a couple of nights. That was really, really nice just to have a break. And then I came back and um, I've been to the Hyde most days. It's been really interesting. The weather here at the moment is very transitional between autumn and winter. So what's been happening is we've been getting a few cold days whereby the temperature's dropping as low as minus 10, we're getting snow, everything's freezing and conditions have been really great for photography. And then we're getting warm air again where everything's starting to melt. And um, that makes the snow very patchy and not great conditions for photography. In fact, very difficult and poor to be honest. So I've kind of been doing a little bit on again, off again photography. I, I tried yesterday, I went out to the hide and was going to photograph, but the conditions were really bad, very patchy, snow, uh, half melted, very muddy, um, and very dark light, not very gray overcast light. So it just wasn't good. So I didn't spend any time in the hide yesterday. I had planned to go today. It rained all night last night. So almost all the snow has melted now. And again, conditions are not great, very muddy and very dark, not much in the way of light around. So again, I've just taken the day off. In fact, I've actually pulled the pin today and said, that's it. Today's the day I um, officially finish. Um, I'm leaving here tomorrow anyway to uh, drive the three hours to Kayani to catch the flight to Helsinki. So it just means today I take the day off, I drink coffee, catch up on emails, um, 
not bad taking the day off when it's your birthday anyway, which is uh, which is a nice thing. And then tomorrow I'll finish packing and, and drive the, the three hours or so to Kayani for my, my flight back to Helsinki. So the photography has been a little bit off again, on again. When it's been on, it's been really fantastic. Uh, the last great shoot I had up here, the ground was well covered in snow and then the wind was up, it was snowing, so there was snow flying across the ground. It was a beautiful landscape and then to have the contrast of sort of the blonde um, wolf against that sort of white background was really fantastic and I'm, I'm very happy with the shots I made up here um, in that period of time. But those conditions were fleeting, you know, it's... And you've sort of got to be there to take advantage of it at that period of time. And then when it's not great, I've just decided to take the time off, which is um, what I've been doing. So it's been a great uh, great time up here in the north of Finland. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed getting back out into the field and spending time in nature. And I'm quite confident that I've made some fantastic photographs. I mean, I've been up here now more than six weeks, so quite a long time uh, to be up here. And I think over that period of time, I had a quick look today, I've shot about 20,000 images. Uh, in total. Uh, of course, a lot of those images will be no good because, you know, I've shot them on high speed on the cameras and I'll just pick out the frames that I really, really like. You know, maybe I'll end up with uh, half a dozen what I consider to be really great photos. And if I do, that makes it a really, really successful trip. I haven't done much editing this trip. I'll do, I think, most of the editing when I get home. I never usually post-process on the road anyway. I just find that the experience of, well, is still too fresh in my mind. You know, the smells of nature, the sounds of it, and all of that is still too fresh so that when I look at my photographs, I just feel that they don't capture the magic of what I've been seeing. So I need some time to pass and that's usual for me. So I probably won't start to process these images properly until until December um, and probably do quite a bit over December and January. Just see how, uh, how time permits. But that's probably my feeling. I'm actually looking forward to printing some of them very much. That's, uh, that's always a great part of uh, the whole process for me. And really, as I've said many times, that's when I feel like I've finished with the photograph, when I've, when I've made a print and I'm happy with that print. But I'm looking forward to that. And it's great to have new images to work with because over the last 18 months being stuck in Australia, really I've been going through my archive and I found a lot of gems there, which is I had not po- post-processed and finished and it was really great to be able to do that but I also felt very much that I needed new content I needed to get back out I needed to get my camera in front of me in nature again and I really needed to be in the wilds and that was fantastic you know we had such a great trip up here with the clients having so many days of wolves and bears it really was fabulous and I'm writing up the trip report for my blog and website I've actually pretty much finished it. I just haven't uploaded it yet because I really want to be able to include some photographs and um, from the trip, which, again, I won't process until I get home in mid-November. In fact, I'll actually be home on the 17th of November. So I'll probably get that. My aim will be to get that trip report posted up to my site uh, before the end of November. Um, and that will then put that trip to bed finally. So that's just a bit of an update from Finland. Um, I haven't had any, just on the equipment front, I haven't had any equipment issues. Everything's been absolutely fine. I've been shooting with the two 1DX Mark III cameras, um, primarily with a 600mm for the, for the Wolves. That's worked extremely well for me. Uh, I've had no issues whatsoever, and it's felt like an old friend to get out with my camera gear again. I am still very much looking forward to testing the R3, which I'm hoping to pick up when I get home in November. Uh, hopefully it won't be too far behind my arrival on the 17th. I did lay my hands on uh, some RAW files from the EOS R3, which was really interesting to look at. And also, actually, the Digital Picture website has posted up um, noise tests from the Canon EOS R3 as well. And whilst it's a little bit difficult to tell 
um, on their website, especially on my laptop, it looks to me from what I can see that from a noise perspective, it's almost identical to the 1DX Mark III, which is not surprising. It's a very similar sensor in terms of its resolution, 20 megapixels versus 24. There's really no uh, considerable difference there. And doing comparisons directly between ISO 800, 1600, 3200, 6400, which are some of the primary ISOs I use a lot for wildlife, it's virtually identical. There's very, very little in it. So I'll do my own tests, of course, and um, I'll create some presets for the R3 for noise once I get um, once I get the camera and once I get a chance to do so. But it's very uh, interesting to see those results and I think also very encouraging because I've been extremely happy with the, the noise from the 1DX Mark III. I mean, it's an incredible camera. Um, the noise characteristics of that file are so easy to deal with and it just basically means that I can shoot at ISO 6400, even 12,800, without having to worry too much about noise and that's pretty incredible. And it looks like the EOS R3 is going to be very much in the same boat. So look forward to that. Look forward to testing that camera. I'm not, you know, I'm not all that excited about the eye control focus, to be honest. I, I wrote a blog piece on this just, just recently about who eye control focus is really for. You know, I think it's a nice thing to have. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, yes, it's going to result in a higher degree of keepers, but it's not a deal breaker or a deal maker for me. You know, I can focus and get the eye sharp anyway. And I think that was the whole point of my article. It's, it's a nice thing to have. Um, and yes, it's going to help great many people get sharper photographs, but I don't think it's a mandatory thing that you have to have. I think if you you become skilled with your camera, I think you can get the eye sharp anyway. But nevertheless, I look forward to testing that and seeing how it goes on all manner of subjects, from wolves to polar bears to birds. Uh, all the preliminary tests look absolutely fantastic for this camera. It really looks quite amazing. So excited to get that in my hands, and I've got some RF glass on order to go along with it. So that'll be that'll be really good and gives me something to look forward to. I am planning to take both an EOS R3 and a Canon 1DX Mark III with me early next year when I head to Iceland for my trip for the Arctic foxes. Also, when I'll be coming straight from Iceland back to Finland for my winter trip. And that's really when I'm going to test the, the cold capabilities of the EOS R3 because this is information that I haven't been able to find yet. How does that camera do in the cold? I can't see where anybody has tested it yet in minus 30 and below. And I really want to see that. I want to see how it fares because if it does really, really well, then I'm quite comfortable to take it with me to Ellesmere Island in March where it's going to be even colder potentially as cold as minus 50 Celsius. Um, but if, of course, if it doesn't work well in minus 30, that's going to mean that I need to keep that camera for situations where I'm not in those kind of environments. And until I test it, I just don't know. So it makes sense to travel with both cameras, a 1DX and a R3 for those two trips. And I'll certainly post the results um, of my test and what I find about how that camera does in the cold. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. It is interesting to note, for those of you who shoot Nikon out there, that Nikon has rated the Z9, its new Z9 flagship camera, to minus 10. And this is the first time I've seen this from a manufacturer. Even Canon uh, only rates its pro cameras officially to zero degrees. Now, they work well below that. In fact, I've used 1DX Mark III in minus 50 and haven't had any problems. The camera's continued to work. Uh, basically, it's been frozen. Everything on that camera has been frozen in place, but it's still continued to fire and make great images. Uh, I think what's interesting about Nikon's statement is I think potentially they've done some testing on this with this camera and have found that there is no issue down to minus 10, that potentially after that, they won't warrant it. Just guarantee it will work. I don't know. I'm hypothesizing. I think it's really great to see a manufacturer drop their temperature rating from zero degrees as Nikon has done. 
I haven't actually looked to see what Canon rate the R3 at. I should go and have a look at that at some point in time. Just Google it and see what the Canon rate the EOS R3 to. But again, until we actually test these things in the field, we just don't know. We have to wait and see. So I'll be doing that in February next year. My Mongolia trip, as I talked about in a previous podcast, where I would have been able to test this in December, that has been postponed. I don't know yet when that will run. I'm going to be letting everybody who's booked on that trip know as soon as I know. So my next official trip will be for the Foxes and then back to Finland for winter next year. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to cover off? There were a few things I wanted to cover off today. So yeah, today um, it was also a bit of a sad day, as well as being my birthday and Remembrance Day in Australia. And is also, unfortunately, the day where the AIPP, the Australian Institute of Professional Photography, has closed its doors. Um, it has been uh, ongoing for generations now, the Australian Institute of Professional Photography. I'll just refer to it as the AIPP to make things easier. Unfortunately, it has reached the point with that organisation where uh, things have just changed, you know, and um, it's no longer a viable entity. So sadly, that organization is has announced its closure today. And that's a very sad thing because it has been a large part of my photographic career. I am particularly sad that it means that APA, the Australian Professional Photography Awards, will no longer be run. And those were one of the few remaining print awards. And uh, those of you who know me know how much I love the print. So that is going away. And that is unfortunately now history uh, and is very, very sad. I hope we will see something in its place in the future. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. It doesn't, of course, impact my business directly, but, um, you know, I was always a big supporter that we should have an industry body for professional photographers in my country, and I'm sad that today marks the day that that organisation no longer exists, but all good things come to an end, and we have to look forward and not backwards. So I've made a post on my blog about uh, the AIPP. For those of you who want to have a look at that, you can do so. Um, I posted it up today on the 11th, and it just talks, there's a statement there from uh, Les Morrison, current chair of the board, and a frequently asked series of questions as well for other members to have a look at. That's well worth the read, actually, if you were a member, or even if you had a passing interest in the IRPP, I think it's well worth your time to take, to read that. So a little bit sad news there. So I think that's it for today. We'll wrap it up there. As I said, I'm starting to prepare for heading back home now. It's uh, now, what is it now? It's now 2.30 in the afternoon here in the north of Finland. It's already quite dark outside. In half an hour from now, it will be dark. Uh, so not limited light hours up here at the moment. And, um, you know, it's really, you really only get sort of three or four hours of good shooting light at the moment. So I'm heading home from tomorrow. Um, looking forward to coming back to Australia, having Christmas at home with the family. That um, it feels like I've been gone a long time. You know, it's only been six weeks, but it feels like it's been much longer than that. So anyway, I'll try and do another podcast from the road if I get time. Hopefully I can do something in Doha where I've got 20 hours of uh, time to kill during flights. But uh, it is nice to know that I've got a direct flight back into Melbourne. Originally I was flying into uh, into Brisbane, Queensland, and that was not going to be ideal because I was going to have to do two weeks in a hotel for quarantine. That's now been removed, um, thankfully, and I can fly directly into Melbourne and go straight home. I just need to have my negative COVID test. So looking forward to all of that and getting home, and I'll have more to say on uh, the EOS R3, the Canon EOS R3, when I get that in my hands. Keep an eye out for my trip report on Finland. I will post that up to my blog, um, as I say, by the end of November, and I'll also probably just remind people that it's available now in the podcast as well. Final reminder for today, if you want to support the podcast and um, 
the hosting fees that go along with the, um, putting this together. You can buy me a coffee. There is a link in the show notes to do that. That is all very, very much appreciated. Those of you who have shown your support in this way, it is hugely appreciated. It's not overly expensive for me to run this podcast. It's around about $25 a month. But um, the support that goes into making that happen is, you know, again, it's greatly appreciated. And for me, I enjoy very much the opportunity to share my thoughts about nature photography, about equipment, about time in the field, and about uh, my thoughts on um, the ethics of nature photography as well, which I'm going to have more to say on soon in a future post. So that's it for today. I'm Josh. It has been the 11th of November 2021, and I look forward to seeing you out in the field.